Welcome back, you guys. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. Um, Thank you for joining us today on our third and final podcast. Yes. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to our last two as well. So again, I'm Zane. I'm Michaela. I'm Anthony. I'm Devin. Yeah, I was just saying that today is going to be our last one. So yeah, just thanks everyone for tuning into those first all of our podcasts. So last week, um, or last podcast, we had discussed, um, I had interviewed my friend Sam, and it had, um, you know, she had talked about, you know, when you get incarcerated, it becomes so much harder to find a job and advocate for yourself. You know, it took Sam four months to find a job. She sent out, you know, 43 applications within that time and then you know she finally got somebody to give her a second chance so now she's at that job and she's doing really well um you know was also discussing how you know having your own lawyer will you know definitely affect your outcome you know Sam she could have gotten a better deal if she could have afford afforded to hire her own lawyer and attorneys but that wasn't the case So, um, you know, having money definitely will help, you know, your outcome. You know, there are so many people who, who are, you know, who are already on the poorer side once incarcerated. So, you know, they can't afford to hire their own lawyers and attorneys. So they probably won't get the best deal out of it. And because of that, you know, there are so many people who can't find jobs because they have a criminal record, which, you know, will then most likely they will become homeless or and or end up in poverty. So it's just, you know, there are so, so many homeless and impoverished people who, you know, go through incarceration at some point in their lives and they have to deal with, you know, the consequences of getting yeah. bad deals or not being mm-hmm. able to get jobs because of it, which you know, isn't necessarily, you know, their fault, you know, they did, yes, they messed up, but it doesn't call for, you know, somebody not getting, they made a mistake, but I don't think it should be affecting them for, like, the rest of their lives or anything like that, exactly, yeah, I mean, I feel like life is, you know, about, you know, learning, and from your mistakes that you make, and, you know, pushing forward, and, Mm -hmm. you know, avoiding, (laughs) making them again um to you know better understand the topic we need to go into more detail of the context yeah so pretty much i think that the reason why so many people are put in this like the same position as your friend is because people have like i've heard even my own family say it that like They'll blame people for their own poverty. Like when we read the Ben Carson article, he said that poverty is a state of mind. And he took because his family was able to rise out of poverty. He thought that everyone could do exactly the same, mm-hmm. which isn't I feel like with that argument, you can't um, you can't it doesn't take into account things that hold people back. Like you can't just necessarily work hard and like you know make a living and then you just slowly like you'll be able to move into a nicer area and have a bigger budget it's like if you can't get a job in the first place like your friend who was 
um, unemployed for months. Mm-hmm. Like you're kind of trapped. Yeah. And especially because like in Washington area specifically, because we let's take, for example, Seattle, the cost of living is so high that that's part of why like the there's so many homeless. And I found oh, the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I found this uh, quote or like statistic from it's from the Seattle government. It was from the mayor himself. Um, it was a little uh, informational thing about the like basically the the issue of homelessness in Seattle and it said um, affordable housing development coupled with the rising rents in the private market has not kept pace with the need as the number of affordable units continue to decrease the cost of housing continues to skyrocket over the past six years rents have increased 57 percent a recent analysis has found that 47% of households that rent in the Seattle metro area are housing cost burdened, meaning that they spend more than 30% of their income on rent alone, which that alone, like people shouldn't have to worry. Like if, you know, if you're yeah, homeless, it's a lot. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Like yeah, my family. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I doubt my family could, like, we have a pretty good-sized house here, but, like, if we moved to Seattle, that would be, like, getting the same size house. We There's no way we could afford it because it's so I, yeah. costly. Yeah, that's, like, the same. I have cousins who live in, not, like, in the same state, but, like, in Tennessee, and their house is, like, three times the size of mine for the same price. And I should imagine, just think something similar if I moved to Seattle, it would be, like, if I made something the same price, it would be, like, a third of the size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what sucks is because the costs are so high, there's, and we have, um, it leaves people homeless. And now I think most of us have probably been to Seattle and seen the homeless population there. And mm-hmm. all the homeless laws we have prevent people from, like, so they're kind of locked out of housing because they can't afford it because it's so expensive. But then, so they're homeless. And then there's, they're targeted by homeless laws, like, you know, sleeping on the sidewalk or loitering stuff like that um and then they get criminal records and it's even harder to find a job like they'll Mm -hmm. probably lose their current employment so then you like people are kind of trapped this way yeah they definitely are and so knowing all the context behind like our issue this is our thesis yeah so our thesis is that they say that people in poverty including homeless um are just violent and dangerous to others because of their stereotypical habits which are like drug uses violence and theft and they and therefore they should be put in jail for minor offenses and misdemeanors because of what like law enforcement think about these people um although that people in poverty have high crime rates there are better options to handle misdemeanors and minor offenses just in other words like putting people back in jail for the same offenses doesn't help them i wouldn't think like Mm -hmm. investing them in rehab and stuff and helping them to get better would play a bigger role in our government and in these people's lives um and i just feel that laws and law enforcement are just too strict on impoverished people and it's easy to target them and take them to jail and stuff like that Mm -hmm. yeah definitely One of our main points is that with areas in poverty, having higher crime rates and a larger number of different ethnicities, um, law enforcement handle routine situations more serious than need be. Um, 
so we've seen this a lot lately with like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor and stuff like that. But from the Human Rights Watch um, made in 2019, the data said that black people are more subjected to physical force, including stun guns, police dog bites, pepper spray, punches and kicks at a rate 2.7 times that of white people. That's kind of crazy to think about. Also talking about this, this was in Tulsa, which, and then our second is people in poverty are less likely, less likely to get a job after being let out of prison. Like your friend, Sam, Mm -hmm. um, just kind of went with her too. Um, The prison policy initiative stated that 5 million formerly incarcerated people living in the United States show that formerly incarcerated people are unemployed at a rate of over 27%. And like they said that this is a higher total than the U.S. unemployment during the Great Depression. So I thought that was pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah, that that is crazy to even be able to compare those two things together and let alone this one being worse than it was during the that's that's crazy thinking we would learn from our mistakes but you would think (laughs) and then our third is that laws are too strict on minor offenses especially those in poverty which Mm -hmm. we see this a lot in like the poor communities especially with how they handle the situations down there um so state and federal crime control policies have been based on belief that harsh sentencing laws will deter people from committing crimes. So basically saying that the harsher the punishment, the less likely other people will do it, which as of today, I don't know if that's working too good. I think people are just getting really upset with what's like the sentencing, honestly. Um, And then many more blacks and whites are arrested on drug charges. Why? Because the police find it easier to concentrate their forces on inner city neighborhoods where drug dealing tends to take place on the streets, which I definitely see that with Mm -hmm. how we're going and what we talked about in like the last episode when, or not the last episode, the other episode about how, and then our last one, Instead of throwing people in jail for drug charges, we should try to help them, especially now, because drugs are taking over the world, it seems like, especially in these low income neighborhoods. Um, The National Institute on Drug Abuse. This is this is by far my favorite um, quote, a 2019 or a. 2009 study in Baltimore, Maryland, for example, found that opioid addict prisoners who started methadone treatment along with counseling in prison and then continued after the release had better outcomes, um, reduced drug and criminal activity than those who received counseling while in prison or those who started methadone treatment after release, which I think this is pretty cool because it just proves that with help these people can get better and make the community a better place too. And just opioid addicts is just one of many things that we can help people with. Yeah. And I think that um, the thought that someone who is addicted to some type of drug is just going to stop after you just lock them up in some place for whatever amount of years. I mean, it's not like they're, it's not like they're doing the drugs 
because they, I don't know, because they really want to or something. It's because they feel like they need to do them when they're addicted at that point. So just because yeah. you lock them up for some amount of years doesn't mean they're going to try to stop or stop doing them. Right. Yeah, I mean, it does, weird. you know, it can, it does help, you know, some people, you know, just because they're not going to have access to it. But there are also a ton of people who it doesn't help at all. So, uh, yeah, it just it kind of depends on the person. But I feel like for the most part, it'd be a lot more beneficial to people if they were put in some type of rehab or something like that. And, it'd, you know, benefit those people in and do this to the community in general a lot more than just sending them to jail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though we went over a lot of, uh, like, articles we saw, there's some <clears throat> that argue, like, different beliefs. And so... I remember one that stood out to me was, the, like uh, Michaela said earlier, that if you just believe, if your mindset changes, that you won't be in poverty and that you're going to get out of poverty, then it would be that easy for you to get out of poverty. Um, you know, and when I said that, I could, like, see this being true to an extent. I mean, like, just because when you're going through your day, you can, like, if you have a, you know, you can definitely tell that mindset has a big impact on your day-to-day life, you know. Definitely, if you're, yeah. If you're, like, doing homework and you have the mindset that you don't want to be doing it and that you're really bored, it's going to take you a lot longer to get that assignment done. And, you know, it won't be as good mm-hmm. compared to if you have the mindset that, you know, I'm going to get this done, I'm going to do a good job. It, it, it's, it's done a lot faster. But I think that this mindset only can get you so far because while having a good mindset will definitely be beneficial to somebody, it's not just going to change their poverty state. Some of these people already have the mindset that they don't want to be there and they're trying to get their hardest to get out, but yet they're still stuck in poverty because it's just not something that's going to change overnight. It's going to take maybe years and years and they've been trying, but they just can't find a way out. Right. Well, I feel like there are a lot of people, too, who have the mindset of like, oh, man, I don't want to be in poverty anymore, but also don't do anything about it. You know, don't yeah, try to go true. out and get a job or, you know, do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But um, an- another thing that that we saw when we were looking at those counter arguments were people saying kind of like Devin said earlier that there needs to be a lot stricter law enforcement uh over these people in poverty and over these drug users, and that would solve the issue of poverty in poverty areas and over drugged areas. But I think that when we saw this, um, to some, yeah, I agree that some of these laws that are put in place uh, are definitely helping the impoverished areas. Like uh, obviously, the laws that are making drugs illegal are have the right mindset. You know, they're trying to make it so it's harder for these people to obtain the drugs. Therefore, they're not going to be as likely to do them. But laws like that aren't too, like, working well because people can still just get access to these drugs just as easily as if they were legal. But mm-hmm. it's just making it a lot more dangerous for them to get. And <clears throat> But then some of these laws I don't think that are necessary. I don't think that these stricter and more laws are going to have any impact on these people because all that's going to do is that's going to find these people more money or send these people to jail more often and make it even more difficult for them to get out of poverty and get back to living their actual lives because we know that there's those laws in place that like put people in jail for not being able to pay fines or put people in jail for sleeping in the wrong areas when they're homeless and this stuff is just going to set them back like a long time rather than helping them progress forward into being out of poverty and the final thing that i saw uh we looked back on was that people in poverty should just get a job to get out of poverty. Mm-hmm. And it's just that easy. If, you know, if, you just want to, if you're in poverty, why don't you just get a job and then you start making money and getting an income? Well, 
this is true for some people. Some people who are homeless or living in poverty just don't even take the time out of their day to get a job or anything like that. They just, I don't know, are, I guess, not content with what they're doing, but they just don't, they don't try to get out and get a job and change their lives, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. But I think that for a vast majority of the people who are living in poverty, they are trying their best to get jobs. And some of them are even working on multiple jobs, but it's so just not enough. Like, they need some extra help to get their, that one extra step to get out of those impoverished areas. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, like, like going back to Seattle, too. I mean, finding places are not cheap. So, I mean, I, no. it would be so yeah. hard for them to get out. And I couldn't imagine it. Yeah. But I think that over this quarter, we've been able to learn a lot of interesting and, like, useful things for both sides of the argument. You know, whether you support uh, one side or the other, it doesn't doesn't really matter but as long as we've gone over information that might have helped people or helped us learn something i think it's really useful Mm -hmm, definitely and i think that it was very helpful in that last podcast that we got to even talk to your friend sam and just her experience with after getting out of jail trying to get jobs and all that i think it's just all that stuff has been very helpful to have us learn more about this issue yeah definitely i mean it i yeah i was really glad that she was you know able and willing to you know, sit down and talk with me about it because, you know, a lot of people yeah. are probably, you know, embarrassed mm-hmm. or, you know, wouldn't want to talk about it. Yeah, that was that was good that she came and talked to us. Yeah. Um, I think that this is also, it's good that we're making information because this is a very important topic. You know, if, if the way we are treating these impoverished populations doesn't change, then their situation is, it's only going to get worse or stay the same. I don't see it getting any better because... And it'll be a lot more difficult for these people to get out of poverty. And I don't think that's any, what any of us want. I don't think any of us want people to be living in poverty and have to deal with these situations. No, I so couldn't imagine that. I think that that's, yeah, I think that's definitely why we need to have some sort of a change so we can get these people going on the right track. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to our last <clears throat> podcast. And I hope that, you know, we gave you new insight or you know taught you something new over the past few episodes whether um you're on one Mm -hmm. side or the other i hope i hope you know it helped you be informed on the you know topic so thank you guys so much for listening Mm -hmm. thank you thank Thank you for tuning in guys all right well thank you guys so much all right yeah i'll see you guys later